You're listening to Wholesaling Inc., episode 100. And when you have that kind of a, I think, an attitude coming into this, that it's not just about the money, you you honestly want to help people with their problem. Exactly. You will make a lot of money when you do that. This is game-changing information guaranteed to raise your real estate wholesaling business with actionable steps you can take immediately to navigate the ins and outs of wholesaling and start making money today. Join us as we put our guests in the hot seat and dive deep to dissect their strategies for success to enable you to duplicate their results. Investor Grit presents Wholesaling Inc., the only show dedicated to making you a fortune in wholesaling with your hosts, Tom Kroll and Cody Hoffheim. So when it comes to keeping things really, really simple, I, I like these simple questions like when you're talking to a seller. So, hey, you know, what's your situation? Questions like, what would you like to see happen? I'm not asking questions about their house. I'm not asking how many bedrooms or baths. I'm asking questions about their situation. I'm asking them what would they like to see happen. And I'm just asking a ton of questions because I want to help them. I I want to set up a win-win scenario for them. And when you have that kind of, I think, an attitude coming into this, that it's not just about the money, you you honestly want to help people with their problem. Exactly. You will make a lot of money when you do that. Yeah. Um, I, I totally so anyway, agree. I told everything that some one thing I always say that upsets everybody is that it's it's you know it's all about rapport building, but it's this has not what we do has nothing to do with real estate. It you're it has absolutely nothing to do with housing or the house. It has to do with people. It has to do you run a pawn shop. You want to buy something low and then sell it. Hi, that's it. And the only reason we happen to be in real estate is because that's the biggest profit margin. But you could just as easily run a pawn shop and do this with watches or cars or jewelry or computers. It doesn't make a difference. So when when you're spending so much time as a new wholesaler, or and you're you're just finding out more about the house and the square footage and the ARV and ARV for anybody who doesn't know it just means after repair valued and all these this jargon and acronyms and all this other garbage. Really, at the end of the day, what you should be worried about is if I call you and say, why is Sally selling her home? You should be able to tell me why she's selling her home as if Sally is your sister and not in a general, well, you know, they are uh, empty nesters. That's not a reason. That's not a reason. So one thing I always teach the acquisition managers is I want to know why they're really selling, the real reason. How are they going to use the money? What are your intentions to you with the money? Do you remember the guy who was at the mastermind talking about how do you measure success? He says with a hug. How did he phrase that? That it was, was so good. Micah, you remember Mika, right? That was um, yeah. That he said that was a guy out of Houston. And yes, uh, yeah, he was a beast. He was awesome. He was um, yeah. He said basically, yeah. When ahead. I get a hug at closing, yeah, <laughs> that's awesome. That's how he measures if it's a successful deal or not. If the seller gives him a hug. That's what we got to have them on the podcast. Man. Or now I'm calling it on the podcast. Maybe this is a, yeah. Now I like this. Maybe we start a new podcast. Just you and I. I love it. <laughs> Oh, brother. But uh, that would be fun. I, I think we're both too busy for that. Though, yeah, yeah, I know. Well, that's like the other project we were working on. We, Joe and I have. Sometimes we get shiny object syndrome. That happens with entrepreneurs. Oh, stop it. Stop it. Stop it. <laughs> but uh, hey, stop. Yeah, I like it. I wanted to ask you something else, too, about what you think about this. You know, I, we're talking about keeping things simple, keeping people focused on the basic stuff, right? Not get distracted with peripheral things. And one of the things that I found that helps me. And I have seen that helps a lot of my clients and students and people that I see do deals. They track their numbers. They have a scorecard. They have goals. Like every day, 
I'm going to make three offers. Or every day, I'm going to talk to five sellers. Every week, I'm going to send a 1,000 postcards. I'm going to send 20 yellow letters every day. They have their numbers, and they keep score. They keep track of their numbers. And when I challenge people with that, I see a lot of resistance, you know, like, oh, I don't want to be accountable to that, right? Right. Do you, number one, Tom, what do you think about that? Do you think that it's good to kind of manage by the numbers like that and have that kind of accountability and kind of a scorecard? Yeah, I mean, just because you know me, you probably already know what I'm going to say, but I would say absolutely 100% yes. You know, Gary Keller calls it the one thing. Mike Michalowicz calls it the pumpkin plan. Um, You know, Darren Hardy has books on the compound effect that reference this and habits and things like that. I went out to lunch with a very successful real estate investor a few years ago. His name is Mark Evans, lives in Florida, uh, and has a turnkey business that he runs, I think, in Ohio. Very successful guy, pulls up in a Rolls Royce, immediately like this guy, awesome. And he taught me uh, a slogan that we still use in my business today called data, not drama. And um, absolutely, uh, one of our goals, for instance, in the office is we want to make sure that every one of our acquisition manager gets um, five phone calls a day from sellers. So we arrange our marketing to make sure that, yes, they're doing follow-up, but they're getting five new phone calls a day. Um, so that's one of our numbers. As far as KPIs, which stands for Key Performance Indicator, something I learned from Sean Terry, is um, we do track that also. But as far as a, so on our KPIs, we track different numbers in our business. But as far as a goal every day, uh, one of those is five new calls uh, per day. So yeah, I think it's key. It keeps you laser focused. And if you want to know more about goals and goal setting, I think there's only one guy. I mean, there's a few guys out there. Gary Vanderchuk, I think, right? Is that his name? He's one of the guys there too. But um, Grant Cardone is the guy. And I love, I mean, Grant Cardone, you guys, he writes down his goal like two times a day right? You have to be that obsessed with it. You, If you have a goal, you got to write it down. I do that. One, one thing I would also, I can share with you guys that works with goal setting is uh, you have to have, there's two things when it comes to goal setting that work for me personally that I use and it works. Number one is you have to have total, total clarity on the goal. You have to like be able to literally draw a picture of it. If you know, in different podcasts and, and YouTube channel things that I've done, you'll sometimes see on my whiteboard there's like a picture. It's literally a picture of the goal. So I could if if Joe, if you asked me what is my goal right now, I would be able to describe it to you in great, great detail exactly where it is. Uh, that's number one. And also put a date on it of when it's due. And then number two is that um, I only keep my goal to one. So I used to have multiple goals. I'd have like three, four, five goals. Um, instead, now I only go from goal to to goal. So um, as of right this minute, I have one goal. As a matter of fact, I just accomplished the goal. It was due November 23rd, and I already finished it. Actually, it happened when we were at CG. Joe and I, I did it on <laughs> it was the first Monday that we were there. Um, the goal was reached. So um, what I would say is number one is that Total clarity, be able to paint a picture, literally draw a picture of it. So if Joe McCall calls you and says, what's your goal? You can tell him in granular detail uh, and, and make sure it has a date and timestamp of when it's due. And then number two is just one goal. That's it. Just one goal is key. So so I think that is something that for me anyway uh, has helped tremendously. That's fantastic. I mean, that's something that I need to do <clears throat> myself. I have too many goals right now, I admit. Oh, and, yeah. Uh, that was a problem for me for a long time. So I'm uh, with you, brother. I have too many goals. But that's why it's so important to hang out with like-minded investors, 
people that challenge you, that push you. And it's important to surround yourself with people like that, isn't it, Tom? That can really bro, kind of... Bro, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's not even... I mean, we actually teach this. I mean, you know, Jim Rohn teaches us that you are the average of the five people you spend the most time with. I did this as an experiment about... Now, this is almost a year ago. I did as an experiment. I took the five people that I spend the most time with. This is a logistics thing, right? So when it talks about your network and Jim Rohn is referring to, this is logistically. Logistically, who are you spending the most time with? And I wrote down their name and I wrote down different things about them um you know who they are their balance their work life balance their families their net worth I was like literally dead center and I mean obviously Joe you know the people like right you know Todd Toback and my my stepbrother Clayton Morris my, one of my buddies and um these are people on the phone with you know two three four times a day every day literally right in the middle was wow. Tom Kroll so you are the average of the five people you spend the most time with. And if you're looking for those people, let me encourage you guys to say this. You want to find people who, and this is the key, this is really key. So if you're listening to this podcast right now and you want to make a change right now and take action right now, you are you want to find people who are already at the destination that you want to get to. That is the key. Because if you have five people who are already, if you want to be, for instance, a retired millionaire real estate investor, if you find five retired millionaire real estate investors in your town, and they do live in your town, they're everywhere, what they do is they reach across that divide and they grab your hand and you need five of them and they'll pull you across that gap because they think differently. They look different. They dress different. They smell different. They, they, they do things differently. That's why they're on the other side of where you want to get to. So yeah, I, I think your net worth, it, your network is your net worth and all those other things. But I think Jim, Jim Rohn really nailed it. You're the average of the five people you spend the most time with. Absolutely. 100%. Um, that's why, you know, yeah, I mean, I'm that's good on the phone with you, brother. That's why. <laughs> oh, shucks. Yeah. No, absolutely. It's, it's key guys. It's really, <laughs> it's really key. I mean, I made sure that I became friends with Joe McCall when I got in this business right out of the gate, right? That's why I was sending him messages three or four years ago, telling him I was listening to his podcast, um, you know, because I, I wanted that guy in my life and now I'm on the phone with him and it's an honor. I mean, I really mean that. I'm not just blowing smoke up Joe's butt here, guys. I mean, this is the key. If you want to make a change, you you can't be hanging around with people. If you want if you want to make a million dollars a year, you cannot be hanging around with people who are making $50,000 a year. They influence you. You don't realize it, but just to just not to beat up this point, just not yeah, to belabor this point, but I just want to say one thing about this. When I was a kid, my brother Todd Toback and I, our, my stepdad, his dad, uh, Jacob, stood on the fireplace, um, little stoop in front of the fireplace. And um, he's a big guy and we're two little kids. We're like, you know, I don't know, eight and nine or something like that. And um, he said to him, us, he said, okay, you guys, I am going to stand on this mantle and I'm going to try. And he grabbed our hands. And he said, I'm going to try and pull you guys up. And and we, me and Todd were doing dead weight. You know, we were like fighting him yeah. and he couldn't pull us up. And then he said, okay, now I want you guys to try and pull me up and be, pull him down. And because he was on a ledge, we fought and we jerked and we pulled him and we got him down. These people that you surround yourself with, you know, if you lie with dogs, you're going to get fleas. It's mm. just the way. And I hate to say that because you want to love people and spend time and help people. But the people who are influencing you, they have to be at the destination that you want to be at. So if you want to be, you know, smoking and drinking and cursing and 
poor, then hang out with people at a bar who are drinking and smoking and poor and complaining about bills, and you will be right in the mix. And you you know, the world will have no problem bringing you down to that point. And if, but if you know, if if you want to be, you know, I mean, anyway, I don't want to be, I don't want to belabor the point. It's much easier to tear people down than to build them up. Oh yeah. yeah, you just don't want to hang out with people that do that. Yeah, and and the people who love you the most, it's, and this is really the most tricky part, is that the people who are influencing you, who are not where you want to be, a lot of times you don't see it happening because they actually do love you, and they're not doing it. Um, they're doing it out of desperation, fear, um, abandonment issues. They're not bringing you down even intentionally. They actually would tell you that they have their best interest, and you would say that they have your best interest. But the problem is it. They can't help you if they're not there. Um, so it, it's just, um, it's a weird thing because sometimes you don't see it happening. You know, you might be with a negative person all the time. You're going to become negative. It's, it's really true. Hey, well, as we wrap this up, Tom, uh, you're an avid book reader. I wish I could read as many books as you do. And I don't know how you do it with four and a half kids. <laughs> yeah. One's on the way, right? Number five's on the way. Yeah, number five is on the way. Absolutely. So I wanted to ask you, what are some of your favorite books right now? And how do, I also want to ask you, where do you find the time to read? Well, first of all, one thing I learned from one of my mentors uh, and one of my good buddies, Orrin Woodward. If you guys don't know Orrin Woodward, he is an author. He's built several massive businesses. One of them was $200 million. He's a guy in my life. He really... Um, made me rededicate to reading. So he is a key. Now he reads four hours a day. I try to do that. It's impossible. I just I just don't have that. It's not impossible, but it's just not for me right this minute. So um, one thing you do is you can just dedicate to reading uh, one hour a day. Um, if you haven't read the Bible, start with that, especially Proverbs. Awesome, you know, chapter. This is not a religious podcast, but if you it, great business advice in Proverbs, but I, I also have Audible, which I do listen to in the car. We take a lot of car trips with the Suburban. And I listen, I have a, I have a, um, uh, I have a waterproof speaker in my shower. So in the, every morning <laughs> I put it on and I could hear it in the bathroom. So the whole time I'm in the shower, you know, my wife always calls me like, I, I take, I'm like the hour shower guy, but I'm getting tons of data. And, um, but, but I will say this, Audible does not replace reading. You've got to read. Every single wealthy person I know who is at peace in their life, who has the the balance, they have wealth. They're not rich. They're wealthy. They have balance with their, their family, their spouse, and their children. They have a happy, well-balanced, successful life. All of them read. They don't just listen. So, so I want to be crystal clear about that. Yeah. So yeah, so I just find the time. But as far as books that I I could tell you right now, my buddy Clayton Morris he recommended a book called "Thou Shall Prosper," um, which I'm, hmm. I'm listening to on Audible right now. It's amazing. It's a you have to listen to it, and it's the reason why historically Jewish people have been disproportionately wealthy in the areas where they live and the principles. It's written by a rabbi. I can't think of his name uh, off the top of my head. So that's an awesome one. You get, I guess I, w- I wanted to ask you a little bit about that. Can you clarify that? Because it's not an anti-Semitic book, right? Oh, no, of course not. No, okay. I mean, I'm a Christian. I mean, it's about Jewish people, but no, no, no. It's written by a rabbi. No, and it's it's just about some of the Jewish, the principles in Judaism of why Jewish people tend to be dominate different industries and they tend to prosper more so uh, in proportion to other groups and some of the, why they're good at business, essentially. Okay. Um, yeah, no, of course not. It's not, yeah, I mean, my hate. Jesus was Jewish. <laughs> I'm sorry. That sounds. I'm sorry to even ask that because the way the way you said it at first, my alarm bells went off. 
Oh and, yeah, no, no, not at all. Of course, absolutely. Yeah, no, okay. I'm glad you. I'm glad we clarified that. Um, Sorry about that. No, no, but yeah, and as far as other books, I, 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 um, I mean, there's a ton. I, you know, some of my my all time favorite books um, are. The Four Spiritual Laws of Prosperity is, if you haven't read that book, that's, if you join our tribe, it's mandatory reading. You have to read it. If you get on the phone with me, I'm going to ask you what the four principles are and if you've implemented them. Um, as far as books I'm reading right now, The Five Second Rule by Mel Robbins, awesome. Um, Tools of the Titan by, by uh, Titans by Tim Ferriss is an just phenomenal, phenomenal, phenomenal book. I like it better even than his other book, The Four-Hour Workweek. Can you? I have that in my Kindle. I'm looking at it right now. Why do you like that book so much? Okay, so first of all, it's a it's a huge book. It's let me look at on my bookcase. It's actually the biggest book on my bookcase. What I love about it is Tim Ferriss has high level relationships with a lot of people, so he's broken it down uh, into stories. So, for instance, one of the ones that I into very very short little interviews, almost they're only a few pages each. I would recommend this is uh, definitely a book that you want to have either, like Joe said, on his Kindle or have the hard copy um, because you're going to definitely need a pen and a highlighter in this book. But for instance, I just read on page, I want to say it was like two, I don't have it in front of me. I think it's like page 263. There's um, a whole thing about building a thousand, like servicing a thousand people really, really well and how that's more important than servicing uh, a lot of people not well. Um, And I can't think, I think that was, it wasn't Seth Godin, it was somebody else. I can't think of who he was speaking to about that. But Anyway, that I, I pulled out a ton of good tidbits that I'm going to implement. And that's the other thing, too, about books, you guys. When you, you know, with books, you have the opportunity to pick the brains of people who've come before you. There's no reason to reinvent any wheels. Everything's done for you. When you're reading, don't be a philosopher. Premature, massive action, speed of implementation, sense of urgency. If a millionaire or a billionaire that you're reading says, go paint your car red, go mm. paint your car red. Don't. Who cares how you feel about it? The only thing that these people know doesn't work is you, right? So take, remove yourself. You don't have to interpret everything. Treat these books as instruction manuals. If later on in the chapter you read, oh, instead of using a paintbrush, I should have used a roller when I painted my car red, go back out and paint your car the right way. But when a millionaire or a billionaire says to do something and you want the results they have, Treat these books as instruction manuals. Just go out and take the action. That's why the Tools of the Titans books, which is a new book for me I've started to read, is so awesome because it just gives you immediate, usable, actionable action, uh, instruction. But nice. premature, massive action. Premature, massive action. That is the key. So let me tell you a couple of mine that Let's I'm reading right now. And believe it or not, sometimes I like to read military history. And I'm reading a good book, really good book right now called In Harm's Way. And it's about the sinking of the USS Indianapolis. I don't know if there's any lessons I can take out of it yet in regards to leadership and business, <laughs> but right. I, I like history. And I think sometimes it's good to get your mind off of business a little Absolutely. bit because we're just buried deep into it all the time. Uh, but what was fascinating about this is right after I started reading it, they just found a, a week, a couple, three weeks ago, they found the USS Indianapolis. For the first time, they actually found it in the bottom of the ocean. Wow. And one of the sailors who died has a last name, McCall, on the ship. And that's not why I'm reading it, but I just thought that was interesting. And another book I'm starting to read that I think is just fascinating, it's about um, General Patton by Bill O'Reilly called Killing Patton. Oh, I've seen and that book. Yeah. How is he, that? It's, it's good. It's good so far. Again, I'm trying to—I've always been fascinated with Patton just because— 
you can get a lot of leadership lessons out of him. And I've always been wanting to read more books about General Patton. And this is one of the first ones. Um, but I'm also looking here, Profit First, excellent book. That's a mutual favorite of oh, ours. My, one of my, I mean, talk about a book that will immediately change your life. Mike McCallowitz, one of my favorite yeah. authors. He wrote The uh, Toilet Paper Entrepreneur, Pumpkin Plan, and The Profit First. All three of those books, if you're an entrepreneur, yeah, I'm with you on that. Have you implemented Profit First? Yes and no. I am. Okay. I'm in the middle of it right now. Wait, I've been in the middle of it for a long time, but I am. Yes, yeah. I am. It's 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 crazy. <laughs> I mean, talk immediate results. And th- the premise yeah. of the book yeah. is that most entrepreneurs they make a dollar and then they pay all of their expenses and then whatever's left over, if anything, they take for themselves. What Profit First does is it without having the discipline of a budget, it gives you the passion of the money coming in. And it tells you when a dollar comes in, you take the profit first, and then your expenses are based on what's left over. So you have to make your expenses fit in the remainder. This is key because you don't have to be disciplined about the money you're spending in your business. You only have so much. So it requires you to take a, a more a closer look at that without having to be, have the discipline of a budget. A bu- budgets very rarely work yes. because it's, they're difficult and they're boring. And well, I I just hired I just hired your same bookkeeper. Oh, did you really? Yes. <laughs> Let's not say so, her name because I don't whoa, want her. Like, yeah. No, I don't want people to know. But the cool thing is, um, <clears throat> I, I she's just waiting on me to send her my QuickBook files, which I have from my other bookkeeper. So I'm I'm in the middle of sending that to her. But uh, there are profit first certified accountants and bookkeepers. Yes. There are. And you can, I think you just Google them and you can, you can find them. I'm looking at one other book, Tom, I have here called Rocket Fuel. Did you recommend this to me? Oh, I did, brother. So, so Gino Wickman um, is, um, you know, there's a lot of books out there for scaling a business or automating a business or essentially, you know, it, and by the way, we, you know, Joe and I are always using this term about automation. If you don't know if you have a business or a job, all you have to do is shut off your cell phone for like one set of like one quarter for three months, shut off your cell phone, close your laptop, do no work, go to Fiji. If your business continues to make the same amount or more money, you have a business. If it starts to decline or the revenue shuts off, you have created a job. So Mm. there's a lot of books out there. Michael Gerber has the E-Myth and Vern Harnish has Scaling Up. But the best one, in my opinion, is certainly Gino Wickman. He has Traction and Rocket Fuel. And I think there's also another one, but yeah. Oh, it's the same guy who wrote Traction? Same guy, yeah. Rocket Fuel. Oh. Is, am I saying this the right way? I want to make sure I am. But yeah, I'm, it's Gino Wickman, right? On on Rocket Fuel. Yeah, it is. Uh-huh. Yeah. It is. So it be, essentially, um, I probably recommend it. I love it. It's a game changer. And what it does is it shows you that you, as the owner, are the visionary, and you need to have an integrator. All great visionaries have an integrator. You probably already have one at your company. It shows you things like um, you can be doing multiple things but only one name should be in each box of the tasks that have to get done. Whereas most entrepreneurs have multiple names in boxes of tasks. I'm getting a little granular, but yeah, it's an amazing, amazing, amazing book. It will change your life. I I know it has for several people that I know personally. Very good. I'm going to read it then. I'm looking at, I know I bought it from somebody's recommendation. I I want to say one other thing, Joe, too, because you said, you know, I don't know how you read all these books. I want to tell everybody right now, I barely graduated high school. I, I got kicked out of college. I got a 990 on my SAT. The only book I read my entire my entire 
like educational career was Dr. Doolittle in middle school. And it was about a doctor who talked to animals, right? So here's what I'm going to tell you. Um, When I used to pick up books to read, because my brother Todd would encourage me to read up until, and I'm talking about, I only started reading like three or four years ago. um, I believed that I couldn't read. I believed that when I would read, I would get distracted and I'd have to reread. I'd also believed that I couldn't retain the information. I would get distracted. I would get tired. I would read one page and be, you know, I was reading slow. If you want it, you just start reading every single day and you will get, so don't have any excuses around reading. Every single wealthy person I know has a a few common threads. They read, they tithe, there's things that you have to do. So I'm going to tell you, if you think that you get distracted easily or you can't read or you get sleepy or whatever it is, not that I couldn't read, but I just didn't enjoy it. Um, I thought it was boring. Just start doing it. I promise you, there's not a lot of guarantees in this life, but that is something that I know for sure will work. That's good. And so one thing you didn't mention that you've told me before is that you read actual, you actually read in the mornings. Yes. A lot, right? Oh yeah. Yeah. Just, I mean, this morning I was reading um, Michael Singer's The Search for Truth, um, which is 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 an okay book, but his great book is The Surrender Experiment. That is a game changer. Everybody should read The Surrender Experiment too. But um, yeah, every single morning I try to read as much as I can. That's my quiet time in the morning when um, I can get some reading in. And it just puts your brain in a different pattern. I will tell you something very interesting, Joe. About a week ago, I was in the shower and I put on NPR News. I, I, I don't remember oh. why I did, yeah. And it was like, I, brother, I left that shower feeling dirty. I was angry because of something that was going on with like NFL stuff. And I was angry about something that was going on with North Korea. And I was upset and worried about that. And I was worried about like, and my brain was like, it was the crazy, I'm like, this is Oh why. man. Do not listen, do you guys, don't listen to the news. If there's a bomb coming, there's nothing you could do. If there's a hurricane coming, all your neighbors will tell you. You do not listen to the news. And I hate to say this because my best buddy is Clayton Morris, who's, you know, actually now he's retired from Fox and Friends. He was right, host, right. But I'm going to tell you guys, shut the news off. It's negative. It's dark. It's sensational. It's all about sex and drugs and murder and rape. And you, you do not need that worry and fear and distraction and negativity in your life. It's, it's man, that is so true. Yeah. And I'm totally guilty of that. And it's not has to do with whether it's a left leaning or right leaning news channel. No, you know, it's, it's like, it can bring you down faster than anything. It's, (laughs) it's just, you you get, you get discouraged, you get depressed, you think about your kids, you think about your family, their future. How are we going to live in this world? And uh, I go through phases when I'm in and out of the news, but man, lately I'm telling you, I'm just so sick and tired of hearing about it. And it's kind of the same with Facebook. All the drama that's going on that you see in Facebook is, you know, you've got to set your mind on, you know, there's this verse in the Bible. And again, this isn't a Christian podcast, but there's this verse in the Bible, right? Whatever is pure and honorable, uh, lovely. Uh, Etc. Set your mind on these things. Oh yeah, one of my favorite verses. I can't think of where it is, but yeah, that's when he's talking to um, the. He's getting ready to leave the um, leave his his homestead, right? And he's talking to all of his employees. I can't think of who that was, but yeah, it's amazing. I, I that is, I was upset about something once, and somebody sent me that, and I, I've always remembered. But it's true. Yeah, you can't let that stuff get injected into your brain. It will absolutely bring you down. Shut it off. Go on a news diet. It's easy to do. And there's nothing that's going to happen in this world that you need to know about via a, mm-hmm. a television you know, broadcaster from a news station. You know what? I, I, I want to take 
take back what I said there. I almost apologize for bringing up a scripture, but I shouldn't. I don't, there's no need to do that. Yeah, I agree. I, I know I'm always like, well, I'm always like, actually, now I feel like we're just on a private phone call, but I always feel like, you know, it's a kind of a balancing act. I don't want to, you know, I don't want to, um, yeah, I know what you mean. It's like, yeah. I, it's such a good thing. I, let me, but since we're on the topic, I will say this to anybody who's listening. If you kind of been questioning your faith and you don't know where, and I'm just going to go ahead on, on the limb and say this, whatever, you know, but I'm just going to say, you know, you guys, tithing is so key. I attribute the majority of my success to tithing. It's something that Sean Terry taught me early on when I first started February, 2013. Yeah. Um, um, I went to an event in Atlanta um, where I met a ton of awesome people who I'm still friends with today, Nazar, Blaze, uh, a ton of people, Luis and uh, my brother Todd Toback went there with me. Um, but he brought up the Edwin Gaines book of the four spiritual laws of prosperity. And I I am mm-hmm. telling you, tithing works. If your faith is weak right now, read Malachi. I think it's chapter three, verse eight, and he talks about how if you're if you're not tithing, you're stealing from God. But I am telling you guys, it works. I have no motivation for telling you this mm. other than telling you, like, if your faith is weak, it's the one place in the Bible where God says you do not need faith. That test me on this. And here's the thing: you could do everything that I tell you to do and not have any success. There's no guarantees in anything in life. You could do everything that Joe McCall tells you to do and have no results and no success. But here's the one thing we can guarantee you a hundred percent that if you do this, it works. It's one hundred percent. It works. Everything else is going to require you trying and focusing and working hard, and we can give you the instruction, but it takes grit and determination and perseverance. But this, I mean, when God says it's going to overflow, it's going to overflow. You can bet your life on that one. So, one of the books I've recommended to you and uh, is the, uh, the the Blessed Life. Have you bought that yet? I have it on my. I I'm, wait a second. Where is it? I see it right there. The R. Yeah, I have not oh. read it. I haven't read it, but I do see it. I'm looking right. At, it's right next to. It's right in between the One Minute Manager. No, it's right in between Who Moves My Cheese and Multiple Streams of Income. I'm looking right <laughs> at it. <laughs> uh, that it's a it, it's a Christian book. It's called The Blessed Life. Fantastic. One of the best books I've ever read by a guy named Robert Morris. He's a pastor down in Dallas. Uh, I don't know if it just got me at the right time or something like that. Because sometimes, you know, I highly recommend books to people and they read it and they say, you know, that was good, but it didn't impact them like it impacted me. Well, this book just had a profound impact. I couldn't read more than one chapter at a time. I had to put it down and just meditate on it and think about the stuff and pray about it. It was. And it got me super excited. It, it wasn't like a downer book like that brings a bunch of conviction. Right. Uh, you're absolutely right because uh, when we're generous givers, uh, when we're generous to the poor, to the church, and to uh, uh, to to people, and with time and money and talents and all that stuff, right? When we're generous, we get generosity back at us. Absolutely. We, we, we reap what we sow, and so. Why would we not want to give everything away if we want to live a blessed life? You know what I mean? So that's kind of what that book was about, just being super generous uh, with the tithe. And he he lays the most convincing, the strongest argument I've ever heard of why we should tithe. I will one hundred. You have my word, my word, my word. I'm reading one book right now by Michael Singer. As soon as I'm done with that book, you have my word. I will absolutely read that book. So one hundred percent. And speaking of which, tithing. 
Um, anybody who ever wants to meet me in person, if you ever want to come and hang out with Tom Kroll every single Thursday, which is today is Thursday, um, I meet my pastor and a group of men from the church uh, at at uh, PGA, PGA Grill in St. Lucie West, which I'm headed to right now because it's 1132 and I meet him there at noon. So I need to jump off this podcast, but it's been awesome <laughs> okay, spending man. time with you, brother. It's always, and hey, listen, I am really, really looking forward to meeting you in person for the first time in Orlando in yes. January. I can't wait to finally meet in person for the first time, for the fifth time. (laughs) Same thing. Same thing. All right, brother. Well, listen, God bless. It's been an honor speaking with all of you guys. I really do have to jump. And uh, yeah, Joe, let's do this again. I want to tell more people about other things that I've learned. Like, hey, like uh, there's no such thing as time management. There's only priority management. So I have a lot of stuff that I'd love to share with you again. So let's do this. We'll We'll do a a second podcast. We'll talk about that offline. That's good, man. I love it. too. All, All right. right. God bless. You Talk to everybody hey, soon. Bye-bye. Yeah. Go to go to wholesalinginc.com for Tom's podcast. Go to realestateinvestingmastery.com for Joe's. And we'll see you later. All right, guys. Talk to you soon. Bye-bye. That's all for this episode. Your next step to success is to continue the conversation over at InvestorGrit.com by joining the mailing list, as well as get your chance to book a strategy session to learn the systems and become part of the tribe with your hosts, Tom Kroll and Cody Hoffheim. We'll see you next episode with more ways to make you a fortune in wholesaling.